Hello, everyone. Welcome to our show today. My name is John Drummond, or Yang Haowen. Hello, 大家好，欢迎各位再度来到 Angie 英文。我是 Angela. We have a great episode for you today with my good friend Piotr, who is known around the professional community as Piotr Steinmetz. My guest today is Dutch, but has been living in Taiwan for about two years now. He is the CEO and founder of Agile Academy Asia. He is a public speaker, an agile business consultant, personal coach, and so much more. 对，如果听众朋友你刚好在专案管理这方面有兴趣的话，那今天的内容想必不会让你失望，因为这次我们请到的来宾呢是 Agile Academy Asia 亚洲敏捷学院的创办人 Peter Steinmetz。好，或是大家也可以就直接叫他 Peter。So everyone, please welcome my good friend Piotr. <laughs> thank you, thank you. How are you doing? What's up, brother? Welcome to NG England, my man. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So you are doing a lot of mindset adjusting here in Taiwan, and you're doing it in in such a cool way. You know, you're you're giving speeches, you're working with startups, you're working with governments, you're working with huge corporations, and that's a part of your own work, but a part of work with Agile, your company. And so, I would love to dive into so many things. But before we begin, could you give a little self introduction to our audience?、Uh, my name is Piotr Steinmetz. I have a Russian name. It's actually Russian for Peter. So a lot of times I I、uh, introduce myself as Peter, but、uh, of course I pre- prefer Piotr. That's my mom gave me that name.、Um, I'm the owner and uh, uh, founder of the Agile Academy Asia. Originally, we are a Dutch company. We do this also in the Netherlands, but the Agile Academy Asia is now. I think we're two years in in Taiwan, and、uh, we now have one year、uh, started the entity、uh, here in Taiwan. And、uh, what we do is we help companies with changing the mindset, with helping them to think more of customers,、um, how to be more efficient. Yeah, it's basically really like changing the mindset of how doing business. Yeah, and it's so great because the word agile is so fitting for that. You know, it's fluid, it's it's moving, it's flexible, and that's kind of what you're talking about with having that agile mindset. Is that correct? Agile, a lot of times, is being seen as like a tool or a framework or something like that,、uh, and that's also. The difficulty of explaining, like, what is the definition of agile? But agile is really a mindset. Is how do you think about your customers? So what we say within agile, you focus more on people. So your customers, you try to get feedback on what you're making,、uh, and also with agile, you're trying to add value to what you do every day. And what you see in a lot of companies, they actually have like long projects. Sometimes they take up to six months or twelve months. And what what we say within Agile is how can you if you on that first day you have like a very great idea, how can you say that after twelve months, the customers still want that?、Uh, so within Agile, we actually looking at focusing on your customers, try to get feedback on that,、uh, but also that you're able to change whenever you can. So if I want you to make a black iPhone. And after two months, everybody is buying a a white iPhone. Then you need to be able to give me a white iPhone. Yes, it's that flexibility and being able to pivot successfully, even in the middle of a project. For me, it's it's really being relevant.、Mm-hmm. A lot of companies don't understand that they're not selling something. Uh, from them, no, you sell something for your customers. Your customers are the most important. Yeah, absolutely, and that's 
market understanding. You know, you need to understand that's that supply and demand aspect of the market, and the market creates the demand for the products, and then you supply it. It's more of a demand supply situation. Yeah, and and uh, I think um, just asking customers uh, sometimes people think it's dirty, but you can do it, and actually you will see that 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 uh, customers are actually like it when you ask them feedback because they get involved in the creation. I think one of the best examples is uh, when Google tried to release their email service, uh, Gmail. They actually started with a beta version. So basically they said to their customers, okay, this is a new thing that we're trying to do. It's not done yet. If you want to try it, uh, do it. Uh, it, it. It's still not not done. And then during that time, they actually add value to their email service. And because a lot of customers could give their feedback, it it became one of the biggest email services uh, in the world. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I st- still use Gmail to this day. Yeah. <laughs> And so thinking about the situation here in Taiwan, you've been working a lot with big established corporations, but you've also wanted to work more with startups and get in at the base level. So what have you been doing really within the startup scene here? So there's there's a difference between a large enterprise and a startup is, of course, a startup is uh, much more, let's say it's scalable. Um, and also because they're on the beginning of their journey, I think it's a good moment for them to really start to think, how do I organize my company? So what we do mostly with startups, we focus on how do you organize or how do you do work? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second thing what we do is uh, we focus on product development. Um, and that's what I said before is um, if you have a startup with a brilliant application, um, don't expect that exactly what is in your head, that is what your customer wants to use. So you need to, starting a company, uh, you need to let go of, of your idea because your, your product is going to be from your customer. It's not, not your anymore. So you need to be able to change that idea. And that for me, that's product development. How do I really make a relevant product for uh, my customer? Yeah, yeah. And it reminds me of minimal viable product approach to, you know, get something at least out like a beta version of Gmail, as you said, and let your customers give feedback and then you can change accordingly. Yeah, and, and, and the most important thing is add value to what you do every single day. So you, as a company, you need to, at the end of the day, you need to look back and, and think by yourself, did we add value to our customers? Mm, yeah, that, that key takeaway, that add value to your customers. Yeah. yeah. And that's that creates a win-win, you know? Yeah, that should, that, that, that's the core of your business. Yeah, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. So thinking a little bit about the future, as you, you did touch on a little bit of the future there, but do you have any future goals, though, with Agile or within yourself or Taiwan and how you want to establish yourself more here? I, I see my mission as an essential uh, part. Uh, I, I don't want to say that I'm, um, I'm a person that's going to change the whole country or something like that. Uh, but I think that if Taiwan is not changing their mindset, uh, in certain fields, they, they really will get into problems. And that is because Taiwan is not a, a, a very big country. Uh, so they also need to compete to other countries. So they need to be more agile and more flexible and, and more responding to the, to, to the market. Uh, if you look back uh, like the last two years, with the COVID-19, I think a lot of companies were not prepared 
on something like this. And I'm not saying that companies need to be prepared for a pandemic because, you know, I think nobody uh, expected this, but you need to prepare yourself that you're organized that whatever happens, you you can respond to change. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I think it would be beneficial for our audience to kind of understand, maybe can you give some examples, what are some limiting mindsets and what are some growth mindsets and how they can think about that as we talk about it more? So a digital transformation is, is very important in, in nowadays society is that uh, a lot of companies need to create digital solutions. This week I talked to the government and I told them like, hey, digital transformation, you need to start as soon as possible with it. And basically the feedback that I got is we want to do that, but we see a problem because there's maybe a group of people that cannot attach to digital transformation because they don't have a laptop or they don't have a cell phone or they don't know how digital products work. So without him knowing, he actually put people down. Uh, and what I see is that if you see that you need to have a digital transformation or something like that you need to see the problem as a challenge and that's also how you need to look into it i also said to him like even if i need to personally teach uh, elderly people how to use laptops i think that's that's more important than uh, not uh, going into that change yeah, yeah, well said. To kind of sum that up, yeah, you're saying he had that limiting belief, that limiting mindset of saying, hey, these people don't know how to use tech, so yeah. therefore we can't innovate. And I think, no, that's not the correct approach. It is, hey, let's figure out how to educate this certain population, and then we can innovate. Yeah, and, and more important is the assumption that people cannot do something. Yeah, which that's, is just garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's you shouldn't think about people. I think that elderly people, the only thing is is maybe they're scared to start to use it. But uh, I, I've seen in, in the Netherlands, I've seen like uh, computer lessons for elderly people. Actually, they win a lot. They become more social. They they maybe talk more to their family by social media. There's a lot of opportunities there. So always think in opportunities less than in problems. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I love that that growth mindset for sure, right there. 访谈上半段这边，他们提到这间来自荷兰的敏捷学院呢，现在落脚台湾也有两年时间了，专门在引导企业转型，透过敏捷的思维模式呢，来呃提升改善公司的运作，让专案有更高的成功率。那 agile 这个字，它本身的意思就是敏捷、灵活，好，不管是脑袋啦，还是手脚灵活，都可以用这个字来形容。所以，假如听众朋友你刚好就是做专案管理，或是对这方面有研究的，就大概可以在这个字跟它背后所表示的这个商业思维模式做连结，好，就是说以灵活、敏捷的方式呢，去跟客户沟通，了解客户需求。或是在商业市场上很有弹性，很会去做调整，以达到最终的我们的这个交易目标。像刚才他们举的当初 Google 信箱那个 Gmail Beta 测试版本，就是一个很好的例子。当时 Gmail 还没有正式发行，但是因为已经有先推出了 Beta 的测试版，让有意愿的那个用户呢，可以先去使用。所以这样子也可以跟这些用户收集使用心得，然后再去从那边着手去了解客户需求，而采取敏捷思维模式呢去做适时的调整，设计出最符合使用者的需求。这样子，好，那我们来练习一下 agile 这个字
。除了可以用在商业层面、用在专案的情境中以外呢，我们平常的手指灵活，也可以说 agile fingers。或者是想一个人，或者是某只猴子，动作敏捷，很会爬上爬下的话，就可以说他们是 agile climbers。甚至如果想要描述某个人思路清晰、头脑动得很快，这样子就去转很快，那就可以用呃 agile mind 来表示头脑机敏。再来，来宾有提到一部分是给台湾的一些建议。好，就是说，因为我们本来就不是一个大型国家。所以，如果想要有效的和别国竞争的话呢，那势必是要更 agile、更敏捷一点。好，对使用者、对客户的反应要有所回应和根据情况来做调整，进而提升竞争力。像这两年肺炎疫情对经济的影响也不小，但就越是这种时候，公司越需要维持灵活敏捷的管理能力，去应应市场变化。他这边提到一点，我个人觉得很重要的是，呃，重敏捷啊，不只是一种能力，而是一种心态，一种愿意去调整适应的心态。好像之前他跟政府开会讨论数位转型的一些问题，结果得到的回应是，政府他们觉得自己爱莫能助，因为不是每个人都有手机、电脑、平板这些东西。可是，在 Pilter 看来，这就是一种应该要去想办法解决的挑战啊，而不是好像就被这问题打败，瘫在那边而已。这边我们提到的数位转型，就是刚才在访谈中提到的 digital transformation。另外一个是不时被用到的这个 limiting， 啊，有一种使限制的意味在，表示有限的。像他们说 limiting mindset， 就可以想成是有限的心态、有限的思维模式。啊，就是指心态上好像有一种枷锁，在就是把把你的思维模式困住这样子。啊，或是如果你很挑食，那每次要吃饭的时候，能让你下肚下肚的食物就会很 limiting， 很有限。好，那这段内容就先在这边告一段落啦。我们赶快继续听下半段的分享。Awesome, man. Well, do you mind if we switch gears a little bit to talk about kind of the story of you? As you, I believe your story is a lot of your journey was in the Netherlands with music, and then now you find yourself here in Taiwan, using Mandarin, using English, using Dutch. So take us on an adventure. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting story. So um, so, so I originally I'm coming out of music business. So I started music management. I need to say during that time I already started to work for T-Mobile. I was one of my first employees,、uh, but just as a call center agent over there. But I did music management, and I actually did that because、um, I had the ambition when I was young to become、uh, to, to make music.、Uh, I actually I also made music. Uh, I released two albums. I don't want to say that、uh, I'm super famous or anything, but、uh, superstar. You can still、uh, listen to my album、uh, on iTunes and Spotify. But with music, I, I didn't particularly like the to perform or something like that. I I liked the creation part more. But what I also saw is, and that's why I got into music management, is that the business side、uh, was for me more interesting. So,、uh, how do you help creative people? Uh, in basically making money with、uh, what they are very good in, and I think that's basically my approach. Still, is that creative people should create; they shouldn't be busy with、uh, business things. So I I grow up with English. We actually in the Netherlands, I think ninety percent of the people they they speak English and 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 good English.、Uh, maybe a little bit of an accent, but everybody can speak、uh, good English. 
but I really learned English by doing it. And why I say is that is the first project I got at T-Mobile. I don't want to say I got a heart attack, but it was a English uh, project. And it was a quite big project and I didn't know that. And I was the one responsible to uh, uh, manage the first meeting. Uh, and it was an international meeting with different providers all around the world. I know that Vodafone was over there, T-Mobile, uh, all, all were there. And I need to do it in English because in large enterprises within the Netherlands, basically the first language is English. We all speak English. Uh, but coming from call center agent, I, I know how I speak English, but speaking English in a business situation, uh, especially with, uh, it was a quite IT-driven uh, meeting. I know I, I got a heart attack. I, I was sweating there. I Those people were talking about things that I never heard of. And then I remember that somebody told me that, okay, you can be in a situation that is very uncomfortable and maybe you don't, don't know the language. What you need to do, you need to push yourself out of your comfort zone and at least uh, make one impression. And actually what I did at the end of the meeting, sweating, just surviving, I made a very smart remark that we should it was very simple that we should reconsider to do uh, another meeting after this uh, so we can have a little bit more details and then somebody came to me and that person said you did a great job i think that a lot of people here in taiwan they're afraid to speak english although they know how to speak english maybe they're they're not like top level but you know how to speak english and at the end of the day a language is to communicate with each other right so me thinking that I was like doing uh, the worst job ever. But after the meeting, somebody came to me and said like, hey, you're actually doing good. Yeah, and that's how a lot of Taiwanese people should do it is you, you don't have to worry about your skill of, of English. You just need to do it. You're good enough. Believe me, with everybody that I talk here in Taiwan, they can speak English. And I'm always, I, I'm always very happy because, you know, I'm, I'm in a different country. I'm on the other side of the world uh, in, in a country that, that speaks Mandarin. And those people speak English to me. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. Very, very wholesome right there. And very good point too, you know, and taking us through that kind of journey of understanding that, oh my God, you were so tense and nervous, but you were trying your best and you kept going, you know, and I think that's excellent advice to everyone listening is with whatever language you are, are working on, just trying and continuing on and you never know, somebody might come to you and give you that approval because we're just trying to communicate, like you said. No one's no one's judging you. No. You know, we grew up with tests and the test system with education here in Taiwan with, with language is, is, is so, it just hurts people because they think they're not good enough. But no, language is about communicating an idea. And yeah, I, so many of our Taiwanese friends do that. So well, well said. So what actually brought you then to Taiwan? And how did you decide that Taiwan was going to be the spot? The story was that two years ago, we got a partner here in Taiwan that was not particularly an agile project, uh, but we did an exchange project between companies in Europe um, and in Asia. Um, and then we saw that there was uh, a big opportunity for Agile and we, were, we already were checking that we wanted to set up a, a branch office uh, in Asia, but we didn't particularly choose a country. Um, so that's the first reason uh, we had a partner over here. Uh, but then we look around and we actually saw a lot of uh, similar similarities with the Netherlands. Uh, so for me, 
I see the size of the countries is almost the same. Mm. We almost have the same amount of people. Uh, if you look to the attitude of Dutchies and Taiwanese, uh, we're very picky uh, in what we choose. Um, and also what I see is that because your country is so small, you really need to think in bigger opportunities and innovations. Mm. And and for me, I think we're now at the moment that Taiwan is getting into uh, exactly that, that they need to be an innovative uh, country. Yeah, yeah, well, well said. And I think that's, as someone like myself who loves traveling to the Netherlands, nice comparison right there too with, you know, the way that the Netherlands has actually expanded itself. It is a global it, yeah. it thinks globally, and I think Taiwan is now at that pivotal moment because of COVID. It got so much more global recognition. Now use that momentum and create the future here in Taiwan. Well said. Thank you. Yeah, so you know, now that you are using a bit of Mandarin, some Dutch, English every day, do you remember any any memorable stories with language over the years? Um, it's, it's actually not here in Taiwan, but, uh, it's actually in one of the companies that I used to work for. Uh, I used to be very embarrassed for it. I don't know why, because it's a, it's a small, like funny story. Uh, but I used to do a project for a CEO. I was a quite junior uh, employee and, uh, they asked me uh, if I could join this uh, project and I basically needed to assist, uh, the CEO at that company. And people across the company could send in improvements for the company itself. Uh, so very simple improvements for uh, uh, environment uh, improvements in the building or something like that. And what I needed to do is uh, get all those and put them in an Excel and then show them to her. And then she would say, okay, good idea, bad idea. And then I need to reply them. But it was actually in the beginning when I was insecure about my English. So what I did is, especially if I right back i used google translate um so what i did mm -hmm. i just tried to make my emails in dutch put it in google translate of course check if everything is okay put in an email and send it back so the funny thing is that the the name of my ceo uh, her name is snoop and snoop i don't know if you know it but it's dutch for candy um so what i did is i I think on one day I replied to all of them with her first name was Marike, uh, Marike Candy. So I got a like uh, a call or an email. I, I don't remember later in the day. I said like, "Hey, uh, do you have some time?" I said, "Yeah, it's okay." I said, "Yeah, uh, you actually sent like to a lot of people uh, that my name is Candy. Uh, what is also not the most pretty name, right, Candy?" So yeah, that that's the moment that I thought like, okay, um, I, can I can I die somewhere? Oh no, <laughs> that is a. Oh, I can imagine getting that call and realizing. Yeah, that, and yeah, I, yeah. I think it was. Uh, I think I just started like maybe two, three months. Yeah. Oh man, did she at least have a laugh about it with you, or no? Actually, she was very serious. She was. She was kind of cool, but I remember on the phone, uh, she was kind of serious, and then uh, I believe after that, I I worked for the company eight years, so <laughs> so it was all good. It, it was, was all good. good. It was all good. <laughs> nice man. <laughs> Yeah, nice story. I might keep that. That's actually kind of kind of good story. I'm gonna, I'll see if I can fit it in yeah. there. Awesome. Well, a question I'd love to end the show with here on NG Ingwen is if you could go back and talk to your younger self, would there be any advice you give yourself about business, life, language? I th for me, I think I started to I actually worked a long time in corporate. I think it was a, it was a good idea to do that. 
uh, but at the end, maybe a few years too long. If you have uh, the mindset to start own businesses, you just need to do it as soon as possible. If you really are interested in those kind of things. So I would advise myself to start quicker, push yourself more, think more out of the box. Yeah. 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 And look at you now. You're doing those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well said. Awesome, man. Well, where can people find you online? Maybe some social media, LinkedIn, uh, your company? Yeah, LinkedIn, of course. Uh, so uh, please add me. Uh, I try to, um, I'm quite active on LinkedIn. I try to share a lot. Uh, of course, we have our website. Uh, so that's agileacademyasia.com. Um, I have an Instagram account. I also uh, like to make pictures and uh, videos. So, and that's it's Piotr my difficult uh, first name um yeah and and if you need something or um i also help uh, people with with uh, coaching especially um in uh, career planning and those kind of things if you have any question please just send me a message and and i can see if i can help beautiful awesome man well thank you for making some time out of your hectic schedule i know it's been a busy week for you my pleasure and we'll talk to you next time yeah all right bye everyone 下面呢，这边我们会讲荷兰文、英文，还会以中文的来宾提到说，他其实以前一开始除了是在美国的一间电信公司当电话客服以外，也有在做音乐，现在还是有在做啦。现在大家有兴趣的话，可以去听听看他的作品。那刚才不是有提到他有做过电话客服吗？有一次他说差点心脏病把他吓死了，因为在荷兰虽然说英文教育是非常普遍，几乎人人都会讲英文，而且都还说的不错。但可能大部分也都还是偏实用英文居多，所以之前在当那个电话客服的时候，被点名要负责一个国际会议，就整个吓死。大家都在讲商用英文，讲 IT 英文的场面，让他整个鸭子听雷。不过幸好在最后呢，因为提出了一个有建设性的建议，给大家留下好印象，也才没因为听不懂紧张而把事情搞砸。好，他说我们台湾有不少这样的现象，但是他做这个分享呢，就是要鼓励大家不要担心英文讲不好啊什么的，就是讲就做就对了。那刚才我们说这场会议主要是在讲跟 IT 有关的，不知道刚才各位有没有抓到他的这个说法 ？IT driven， 好 ，driven， 它在这里是自尾的用法，有一种受到驱使、受到推动的意涵在。像如果今天你想要表达市场驱动。可以说 market driven， 好，或是 data driven， 数据驱动，或是以数据为导向。其他类似的例子还有像是 reward driven， 奖赏导向，好，或是履历上面很常出现但几乎都是老掉牙的形容词，可以不用写上去的，像是 results driven or goal driven， 结果导向和目标导向。另外，他还有提到以前啊，曾经因为用 Google 翻译他的 email 而把老板的那个名字就翻成糖果 Candy， <笑>然后还那个信还传给好几个同事，就被老板看到，整个就是囧到不行。所以大家如果有要用需要用 Google 翻译的话，当然还是可以用啦。但是就是，哎，我们翻完之后呢，还是要检查一下，不要以为就是大功告成的。节目尾声这边 ，Pio 的提到说，如果我们有想要创业的话呢，真的要趁早，不要一拖再拖，而且要多努力一点，要懂得跳脱传统思维框架，大胆的去发想创意。
好，那希望大家都有从这次的内容学到一些东西。有兴趣的话呢，找个时间去研究研究 Pure 他们的这个亚洲敏捷学院哦。Bye bye, thanks a lot. Bye, peace. All right. Well, that is our NG Ingwen show for today. We hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and now Spotify. You can search NG Ingwen. Or you can search on IG NG English I C R T, and don't forget to tune in every Wednesday morning from six thirty to seven, and Wednesday night from nine to nine thirty. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye bye. 好啦，今天的节目就到这边告一段落啦。感谢各位的收听，别忘了订阅我们的 Spotify 还有 YouTube 频道哦。那喜欢我们节目的话，也要记得到 Instagram 到 IG 上追踪我们哦。如果各位有什么其他问题是想要问来宾的，也请欢迎在底下留言告诉我们，我们一定会想办法帮你问到手。好啦，那就下周在空中相会喽，拜拜。